Hello and welcome to This Is Important, the podcast that helps the unheard be heard. I'm your host, Mira Reftopoulos, and in each episode, we will be covering everything from race, politics, sex, and feminism. Hey, I'm going to be joined by Brittany shortly, and today we are going to be talking about the fetishization of women of color, specifically black women. I thought it was important to discuss this with something I have had to deal with countless times, and I know a lot of my friends and family have too. It is not a compliment to any woman, so please do not even try, because we will not be impressed by the fact that you have never slept with a black woman before. We are not collectible items, so please piss off. If this is something you have experienced, please DM me because I want to know your experiences. The more we talk about these issues and bring them to light, the more people can correct their behavior or be called out on it. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy Monday. You too. (laughs) Whereabouts are you based? Um, I'm in Maryland right now. Okay, um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm hoping I can move back to New York soon, but with the whole like COVID situation, New York just wasn't the place to be for a young person um, yeah. trying to start her career. I was like, you know, let me just go back home and support my family while I can. Yeah. So I'm home in Maryland. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this with me. Absolutely. I was listening to some of your podcasts this morning. I was like, let me get into it. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. They're so oh, good. Thank you. Good discussions. Thank you. <laughs> I try and have like talks with people who, you know, had different upbringings to my own and mm-hmm. sort of get like a varied viewpoint. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you you enjoyed it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about the whole like I've never been with a black girl before question um because I find that it's something that we've all heard once or twice in our life Um, yes yeah (laughs) absolutely so tell me about the first time you ever heard this and like how you reacted gosh I mean the first time was probably like middle school and you know middle school relationships aren't a thing so I mean it was like this uh white guy and like we had liked each other so nothing happened we were like freaking 12 so he's like yeah yeah I've never I've never liked a black girl before I'm like really surprised and again this is like 12 year old me just sort of staring at him and being like okay you know like that's that's all I responded because what do you respond and that was the first time and again I was 12 so I didn't think much about it but then I noticed that in other relationships I've had and other sort of interactions I've had where it's brought up I never really know what to say because in some ways it seems like they're trying to say that that's a good thing or or that's something I should be proud of as like being their first (laughs) like I don't know and like, what is it? Is it a checklist? Is it something on your bucket list? Like, yeah, well, are you being yeah, like, okay, I, black girl, check. Like, <laughs> what does this mean? Right. Like, what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> it really it really makes me feel like a Pokemon. And, like, there's this, <laughs> Gotta guys, catch them all. Like, yeah, and there's this guy, you know, there's this group of guys out there with a Pokedex, and they're just like, okay, I've got the... Like, oh, I got her. Like... <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> 
And it's just like you're an object that sort of has to be obtained by it's, it's, it's by weird. Good guys. It's so yeah. bizarre to me. I don't. Well, I don't know why they're it. even like proud to point it out. Because my thing is like, okay, like in a way, I can understand someone bringing up that. Okay, I've never had a you know personal relationship with a black person. That's a valid statement. Like, mm-hmm. but you know, saying it in this sort of context of it being like an accomplishment or something to be proud of, I'm just like. Um, you know, like it, it doesn't really say much about someone's character to said that they have been with a black woman or have um, been in a relationship with a black woman. It yeah. doesn't like, and I, I kind of talk about this with other people when they bring up having a black friend in the first place or having a black husband or whatever it is, is that it has nothing to do with you know you being whether you're an ally or whether you're a racist. Yeah. Like, like just because proximity. you have a relationship, yeah, like the proximity has nothing to do with your personal views on, on black people. That just means you've been able to create a connection with someone in, in mm-hmm. some kind of way, but doesn't make you a good person you know like yeah it's not again it's not a part of a checklist where you're like okay how do i prove i'm not racist you know yeah. or like how do i prove i'm this nothing to do with it so i hope no. people it's realize like, that um, i don't know if you guys saw this but in um the papers today um mm-hmm. prince william released an article where it's a black guy that he's worked with or something um, claiming, oh, Prince William's not racist because he's my friend. And it's like, those sort of articles only sort of push the narrative that maybe you are possibly racist because you have to bring right. out your black friend. Exactly. You know what I exactly. mean? It doesn't shine a positive light on you. Um, no. He, I, I just think things like that and um, it are in the same vein as when people are like, oh, you're so different to other black girls. Like, yeah. what are other black girls like? What is a black girl? What does that even mm-hmm. mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is, there, is, there, is there a way that we're meant to behave or speak? And I mean, or? usually, especially with that kind of statement, that's usually like a negative take on who, like, who, like what black women are. Like, what are we in our character? Because usually when someone says, you know, you're not like other girls you're not like other people or whatever it's usually trying them them trying to compliment you and putting down your race and that's that's not how you give a compliment that's not how you give a compliment (laughs) like that is not how you give a compliment so I don't know I just and you know going back to kind of what we were talking about before which is Mm -hmm. that you know never dating or never being with the black woman it's again like it's fine to bring up but when it's poised as this sort of narrative where they get points for it or yeah. something like that, that's when things get very odd to me. And, you know, it's not necessarily, I also have noticed that usually, like, I, I think anyone I've ever actually been with, I was always like the first person of color they've ever <laughs> dated. Um, but it, except for if it was like a black person I was with, then they usually, yeah, it's usually yeah. a black person. But, you know, and I've noticed that, that a lot of people I've been with have never dated outside of their race. And, you know, that's not necessarily bad or good, but it's just something I noticed. Um, and this whole idea of, like, I do get kind of insecure about it because I'm like, I mean, in one way, I'm like, am I just your bridge to black people? And then in the other way, it's like, you know, maybe maybe why? Like, have you never found Black people attractive before? And this was, what, like a surprise to you? Like, are you surprised is my question. Is this a, is this a surprise to you? And, and that's where you kind of find where their biases truly li- truly lies if they're surprised mm-hmm. that they're, they've seen themselves with a person of color. 
um I think that's like the biggest issue with it honestly yeah I agree it's like just I think it's to do with the fact that as black women uh, as you know the whole world has sort of pushed us to be this wild this um aggressive and ugly and you know what I mean like there's not the narrative that's been sort of set out hasn't been desirable you know not at all I I mean it it hurts too right like to think that especially for me as like a little girl like I'm I am half Asian um but for the most part everyone I've ever interacted with has called me black growing up I I was black like no one kind of recognized that side which is fine like I appear how I appear like Mm. I don't blame anyone for looking at me and not figuring out my DNA but you know I knew that it came with the baggage of just I did not feel pretty very often and I usually like part of me when I was young like would hope that my Asian side would show up more when I get older and for whatever reason I'm talking about when I'm like six seven eight years old very young I already knew that being as sort of far away from black as possible was how to be attractive or beautiful or, or more accepted. And I, I hate that that's something that I was already aware of. And, and I think it all goes back to like representation and how we're seen in media, because how, yeah. how would, how else would a child know that? It's not like my parents were telling me that I wasn't, you know, beautiful or something. My parents were very loving so it didn't come from my parents. It just came from what I absorbed outside. And that's just, that's unfortunate. Like, we are not being shown as desirable things. We're not being shown that we can be smart, like intelligent, mm-hmm. that we, you know, whatever speak properly means, because accents, I think, are just, Major. the way you talk is not incorrect. Like, we know how to switch between being, talking professionally and just, you know, talking the way we talk. So I really get upset when people say we don't talk proper. Um, and sort of just you know, like showing all the different narratives and all the different forms that black people come in and making us human. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Instead of caricatures that have then led to children sort of pushing on this narrative that like black is just not desirable. Black is in a way bad. We don't know why it's bad when we're kids. We just know it. And that hurts me the most. I hate that. No, I absolutely agree. And I think it is the stories that get told, you know, like, um, the stories that get told in the UK and, and the stories that get told in America are very, like, the things that get made are very, oh, yeah. um, she's a welfare queen and she has six baby daddies and she didn't finish high school. Do you know what I mean? Like, really negative stories. Like, yes, they are out there and there are people that have, like, can relate to those yeah, struggles for sure. and have gone through that, but there's more to us just as there is with white people, with Asian people, with Hispanic people. And I think that production companies and networks and things like that really get sort of stuck in this sort of like, oh, well, this is going to make money. This is what they want to see. And it's like, no, it's not the only story out there. I can't relate to that personally. Um, I may find it entertaining maybe if it's written well, but I may not, I can't, you know, look at that and say that's my life. Yeah, it goes down to marketing, you know, in Hollywood and and just what is marketable. And I I had watched this YouTube video maybe a couple weeks ago about like the black women in Disney who worked in Disney and sort of all their stories. Um, And it was just sad because, you know, they, uh, many of them felt like 
they were sort of the literally the black sheep. Like I don't know how to describe it anymore. Like not being able to find hairstylists who could do their hair. Like sort of playing roles in which they were like, I, I wouldn't say it like this. And, and white directors and just people coaching them, to, no, 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 say it like this. And she's like, that's not how I would say it. Yeah, you know, like people telling us how we sound like or like all that kind of stuff. It's just you know whatever sells, even down to like magazine covers and all that kind of stuff about how they choose to style our hair um and also i mean even going further with like colorism too like what what shades yeah what shades are marketable lighter Mm -hmm. yes and i mean that's a whole other thing is the colorism thing in hollywood and i mean (laughs) i I don't want to like direct the podcast about where it's going because i feel like we started at like I've never dated black or now we're talking about a representation of because us and it's, it's, it's all connected do you know yeah. what I mean like I think that that statement stems from all of these different aspects that then are sort of perp- like perpetuated by you know mm-hmm. certain people who think that they have a right to you and they have a right to say this to you because they think you'll be grateful you'll be like oh my god right. thank you so much that's such a yeah. great pickup line like I remember much I think I was like 19 I was out at like a pub with friends and a guy came up to me and whispered that in my ear like oh I've never been with a black girl before like like I was just meant to drop trowel right then and just be like oh my god take me like it was just it was just like thank you king thank you (laughs) it was just the most bizarre thing ever and I was just like does this work People are so strange like does this work usually like have you gotten a lot of dates or like a lot of girls to stick with you by saying stuff like this to them like it was just so shocked I okay so I mean I I tried out tinder but not so much for finding anything but just for funsies because I kept hearing like my other friends talking about like how it's just amusing or it's fun so I was like let me see what kind of conversations will occur and you know I like to when I put profiles up I usually tell just straight up people that I'm Blasian because sometimes it just opens up connections to other Blasian people and like recognize like I like meeting other people like me so it's cool but then a lot of the messages you get are like oh I've never been with a like Blasian before and I'm and I got so many of those messages like okay no one's talking about that I like dance (laughs) or that I like art I don't know I I don't remember (laughs) <laughs> like they're always just talking about I've never been with this before or and sometimes it gets worse like I've never tasted this before and I'm like ah oh, like yeah and I and sometimes I respond like and you never will like yeah. all this like, attitude I'm not I'm not I'm not candy okay exactly <laughs> I usually like refer it to fruit because it goes down to the whole idea of like being exotic yeah and I mean I'm speaking from an American perspective but America is, is has many different colors so you know Saying looking at an Asian person or looking at a black person and just meaning going, Oh, they're so exotic. Like, are we though? Like, mm-hmm. we've been around a while, and many of us are like we're Asian American or we're black American. Like, we're here, we are we're not exotic. Stop calling us exotic. Like, the, I don't know, I don't know where this narrative is coming from. We've been here. Um, and I think it just that's why it goes back to fruit is like this exotic fruit narrative of comparing us to food and then calling us exotic like where is this coming from yeah why is it such a fetish to people or i i listen i don't understand it at all and i don't understand why they find it okay to say (laughs) at all i think i I think 
again, it goes back to that whole objectification thing. You know, like if we go back to like the days of slavery and colonization and and things like that. Um, you know, when when white, when white people came in and sort of dismantled Africa and South mm-hmm. America, Asia, we became objects because you know they didn't see us as human. They were like commodity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were we were a product for them to sell. Um, and markets. So I think that's where it all stem, sort of stems from. So it was black women are undesirable, black men are, um, you know, the, the, the oh, what's the saying? The berries, you know, like darker, be- darker oh, yeah, berries, yeah. sweeter the juice, all of that sort of stuff. Oh, and then um, Asian women are desirable, Asian men not so desirable because the, the whole like um, emasculating. Um, you know stereotypes um Mm -hmm. and then with hispanics as well and latinx community it was the same it was like oh they're wild and you know like sassy (laughs) i know i know and then in real life then we have to prove that we're not the stereotype exactly but and then and then sometimes when we fall into the stereotype people are like like oh the stereotype is true and i'm like okay can we not just be always in the context of what stereotype we, we are bucketed yeah. in either we're fighting the stereotype or we're a part of it you know i'm can can we just exist <laughs> you know yeah. gosh that's that's so true and it's like you, you can't like if you have a personality that's different from that stereotype it's like oh then you're not you're not like that group of people oh my gosh you're different and it's like but we're all human beings we all have different lives and grew up in different areas and whatever so mm-hmm. all of that is going to build us as people, like build who we are. So just because Jennifer um, may be um, passionate um, and fight back when someone is, you know, being rude to her and maybe, I don't know, Jake isn't, like, <laughs> doesn't mean that that's a thing, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, she's such an angry black woman or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I was afraid, um, especially in high school, because I I went to very, elementary school is pretty split, like Maryland's very interesting, just about, it's, there's about the same amount of white people, you'll find black people, Um, and so my elementary school, I had a lot of uh, black um, peers, but once I hit middle school, you notice that the numbers were going down, and especially in high school, there was like hardly any of us, Um, and one of the things that I had feared was sort of being too loud and I'm not in, in social settings. I'm like actually not that loud of a person. Like my family knows I'm like kind of out there, but in reality, I'm, I'm really not the one trying to take the mic very often. And part of it was just because I didn't want to, you know, scare people, which is weird because being loud or, or, you know, I guess outspoken or speaking a bit more often than the average person does not make you aggressive yet when you're black, and you talk a bit more, it's just aggressive for some reason. Yeah, the I tried to avoid change. it. Yes, like I, and again, so one of my things is, first of all, like, you know how people have, like, a resting bitch face? Yeah. I, I don't. I My resting face is, like, a very small smile. Like, it's, it's, like, it's very pleasant. <laughs> so that, there's that, and then I'm not that loud. But I still have white friends and Asian friends who have told me, who are my friends, who have told me, you know, when I first saw you, I just thought you were ghetto. Or I, and I was like, I 
I'm literally like I sit near the front of the class or I'd sit in the middle. Like I did all the things that you would like not really associate yeah. with ghetto or loud. And they still thought just yeah. from looking at me, they still thought like I thought you'd be loud and ghetto. Where is it coming from then? You know exactly where it's coming from is is these stereotypes that they just expect from from media. And then it's just painted on all of us. Like none of us are um, sort of safe from that stereotype. Like it's it's crazy and and disappointing. I um, especially for like friends. I know. Like it's always my friends too. It's not. It's not even people that. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they would like think, okay, I'm her friend. I could say this now. Like, yeah, but a good thing why. is because they are your friend. You're comfortable yes. enough to correct them and just be like, actually, no. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. there was. There was this, I was talking with my black friend, I think this is like my sophomore year of high school, and this white guy who, I mean, I I found him annoying, but I was always nice to him because I, I just, you know, I I think everyone deserves a break sometimes. So, like, I, I would talk to him if he talked to me. And he went over to us and he said, you know, Brittany, you're, you're just, you're so white. And he was, like, smiling. Yeah. And this was not the first time that someone had, like, sort of associated me as being white in any way. So... My and I was kind of nervous because I didn't want my black friend to be like, "Oh yeah, Brittany is kind of white" or something like that. You know, I was, I was, I was just, we want to be accepted. So I asked him, I was like, "How?" Like I just stayed calm. I was like, "How am I white?" And he goes, "You're just so nice." And I'm like, "Like what is what does that mean?" And but thankfully, my black friend and Zinga, if she's ever watching this, she is a queen, and she was like. Just because someone is nice does not make them not black. You know, like, yeah. it. why is white the equivalent of good in any way? Why is white equivalent of being kind or being nice? What, like, that was such a, like, a very direct example of how black people are viewed so negatively that what, what, what makes us white or acceptable, I guess, and makes white people smile mm-hmm. is when we're like them. And there's this weird false notion that white people are nice people, which I've met a lot of not nice white people, so I don't know where that's coming from. It's like, it it was such a simplified situation and so direct, you know? Like, I'm just nice? Yeah. Like, it just down to a personality of being nice, being approachable, being easy to talk to. Those are all things that, you know, people just don't see in black in black people and so they then they call you white because you're again nice yeah that was just so off-putting for me i've had the same problems as well like growing up um i would be called oreo and things like that from people who were my peers Mm -hmm. just because i didn't you know like some music or the way i speak and and you know things like that um so yeah no i absolutely understand um how that feels it kind of feels like you you're sort of being told that you don't belong to this group of people and I can imagine like as someone who who is mixed race as well that being even more like hurtful yeah particularly because usually when there's like a sort of good quality that's found in me it's associated with the Asian part yeah and that really makes me upset because you know it's I love both of my parents, you know, like it's not a compliment to me in which like, you know, I I had very good grades in school and I've had people tell me like, 
oh, that's your Asian side coming out. Like, you know, saying things like that. And I'm like, which is ironic because at home, my dad was the one who, my dad is the, he's black. Yeah. He was was the one who was pushing. Yeah. He was pushing way more than my mom was. Like I, he was pushing way more. Like the reason I was studying so much and trying to get ahead was because of my father, not my mother. And, you know, that just gets completely erased because someone is saying like, oh, Brittany gets good, good grades. Oh, but she, she's half Asian guys, by the way. Like, yeah, like that's and they're like, oh, just, like you're, yeah. you're just born. And it's like, if you're Asian and then it's like, okay, that means you're going to succeed in life and you're going to get good right. grades because you're Asian. Like not because you're studying and because you took the time exactly. to understand whatever you're learning and worked hard. Like I, I wasn't born knowing <laughs> yeah. calculus too. Like <laughs> it's, it's, I can't. It's so damaging that whole, like, those sort of narratives I find are so damaging to, you know, young people. And mm-hmm. then as you grow up, it kind of sticks with you and you have that anxiety of like, oh, like, am I being too black? Oh, am I not, you know, am I not being, you know, am I not being black enough? Or am I, do you know what I mean? Like all of these sort of Just like, constantly trying to prove yourself yes, to people, then, like people in your race too and yeah. people outside of your race. It's, it's constant. Yeah. And then like also just, you know, like you're, dating and things like that and then just like think you know thinking what you know they're looking at you like what does that mean are they judging me do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and it's just Mm -hmm. in every aspect of your life education you know work dating life and all of that all of those anxieties are attached to all of those sides I didn't even realize how much like it things stuck with me. Like I don't think any anyone really realizes it when they grow up they think this is normal like this is okay I guess because people keep doing this. And then as an adult, when you start to sort of reflect and be like, why do I, why am I like so hyper aware of my race all the time? And I always tell people that you can tell I'm, when I'm very comfortable with someone, if I'm not, if I don't feel black, if, if, if I don't feel Asian, like if I don't feel any race, just if I just feel like a human, yes, yeah. that's when I'm most comfortable because I don't need to be thinking about how I sound or, or, or like how my hands are moving or how my head's moving. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like everything we do is being analyzed and I don't like that feeling. And yeah, I just, I feel so comfortable when I just feel human around people, which is kind of why I really enjoy like kind of like gaming and sort of like discord, like message boards and stuff, because no one's, that's not the center. You guys are just talking about, you know, and distracted by one activity or just talking about subjects and you just feel nice because it's sort of a relief because for the most part, when you're outside, we are just constantly thinking about our place yeah. um, in, in society and, and just down to the streets and how we walk, how we show ourselves in stores. Like mm. I went back when Claire's was a thing. I don't know if people still shop at Claire's, but when <laughs> I was younger, yes, when I was, <laughs> they're little dumb food earrings and stuff. Yeah. I love those. Same. I, you know, we would go to the mall and, and my sisters would go in Claire's and, you know, for the most part, a lot of the Claire's market is young white girls, but you know, we, we, a lot of black girls loved it too. Like we would try to go in the stores and get our stuff. And I noticed this one time that there was like maybe two other people in the store, me and my sisters walked in and immediately the cashier went on the phone. Two seconds later, a security guard walks in and me and my sisters are like, it's very clear what just happened, you know, and we, we felt eyes on us the whole time. And again, we're, I think this is around middle school, so probably like 12-ish, and being like, we are already being viewed as 
criminals or like potential criminals like and that's just instilled in you you know like that stays with you in the moment we weren't that upset but then later we went to our mom and we were like mom they they called security like children you know that hurts and it just kind of stays with you there was another time that I was in DC with my friends um this group I was the only black person again and we went to one of the one of the maybe it was air and space and everyone went, we were all wearing this pretty similar outfits. It was kind of a cool spring day. So we're all in like sweaters and leggings, like the usual. <laughs> and we went through um, the, the metal detector and everything. And when I went through, nothing beeped or anything, but they were like, you come here. And they patted me down. And I was the only one patted down. Oh and it's God. not like I was wearing or holding a large bag or there was hardly any difference the only difference i could tell from that moment was i was the only black one and i remember one of my friends one of my wife's friends she had like looked back at me like where's Brittany?" And, and she looked at me and then she made this face of like like it was awkward she was just like you know and that i knew in that mo- and i made eye contact with her and i knew in that moment she kind of saw something wrong yeah and i appreciated that moment and i wish that people can continue to see what's wrong because even in this space, though, the person that had called me over was a black woman. You know, it was it was it was one of us. Mm. And again, it's all down to our stereotypes, and we, we can't pretend that that doesn't exist within our own communities. Of course, no, of course unfortunately, it does. yeah, because yeah, it's so, so ingrained within our society that absolutely there's a, there's unconscious bias even within ourselves. Do you know what I mean? If you're walking down the street and you see a bunch of black kids in hoodies, you might feel uneasy compared to seeing a bunch of white kids in hoodies. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something that we have to sort of look within ourselves and sort of yeah. reflect on and deal with internally because it's all it's in all of us. You know, we all have internal biases even towards our own race. Yes. No, definitely. I and it's hard to sort of not get depressed by it because it's sort of like an everyday, all day yeah. struggle that we have to deal with. But at the same time, I do feel like people are getting better, mm. at least in sort of an active way. I At least we're at the point where it's kind of taboo to be outwardly racist to people. Like, you will get called out on it today. That's great. But there's just so many microaggressions. And, like, we're in the part of, we're in the part of history where we're trying to dismantle. We're, we're trying to take all the subtle and not so subtle things that were just systematic and placed in our systems and and placed and ingrained in us we're trying to get that now you know like we're okay so slavery we we got it okay civil rights we're getting there (laughs) but like what what we're doing now is sort of nuanced and i think that's why there's so much divide because i noticed that a lot of white people are pretty pretty quiet again right now because i guess blm is not trending anymore um yeah not at the moment (laughs) (laughs) right and my thing is like how do these are and again it's all down to the nuances it's all down to trying to explain to people that it's still happening it's it's still it's it's a bit harder to see because it's not as outright as it was before it wasn't written in law you know but it's still happening yes that's the issue we have here in the uk because obviously our histories are different in america it's so in your face you know with the police brutality and you know Gosh, cops yeah. literally killing black people whereas here in the uk people don't see it because all they see is oh you know like we we have all these like different races and like people from different backgrounds whatever and because it's 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 so insidious here like it's subtle 
that mm-hmm. if you weren't looking for it, you you would not notice at all. Absolutely. You just uh, brush it off. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I, I think the issue is that a lot of these people in power compare it to America and that's, it, it's mm. so different. The racism here mm-hmm. is so different to what you guys are going through currently and have been for forever. Um, and yeah, I just think it's sort of looking internally and sort of figuring out what works best. And I find that right now with what you were saying people are scared of change yes, they, they don't yes. understand you know like with feminism men have this idea that by women gaining more power they're going to have less power and all and all of this and it's like, exchange this whole ex- in this this exchange yeah. notion that yeah. you're giving giving and taking like but it's, it's about equality like right with, like with feminism we're trying to find an evil balance with even for you guys, you know, even for men. And I think that that's kind of lost and, and people aren't getting that. And it's the same with the Black Lives Matter movement, Stop Asian mm-hmm. Hate movement. Like people mm-hmm. aren't understanding that this isn't us wanting to take, you know, we, we just want the same. We want rights. in. Yeah, we want the <laughs> we same want, rights we want you guys have, the same level of respect as mm-hmm. you guys have in this, you know, like where like someone would be stopped then, you know, they'll be treated the same way as, as their white counterparts, you know? And right now that's not happening. And it's yeah. just having that I try to, I try to remind my, because again, if you're not, if you're not living it, it is very easy to overlook. And I do acknowledge that. That's why I don't get super angry when I have like a white friend who, you know, isn't, who just isn't saying anything because they just have no idea what's going on. But yeah. I do tell them like, you know, you should, maybe be of this world, maybe be a part of this world and kind of look into it if you truly care. But I don't get too angry if they just don't know. Cause I don't expect, I don't expect white people to yeah. know the exact, like, I don't need that. I don't, in fact, I would not wish the plight on anyone. It's more so that are they open to hearing us? And I feel like when we try to explain it, it there's so much deflection and so many other things that they bring up that's just not relevant or not important. Like, I, I, I do think of, um, again, with Black Lives Matter, a lot of the arguments that white people are making was, oh, well, black people commit the most crimes. or like, And I'm like, okay, yes, there is a lot of crime in the black community. There's also a lot of crime in the white community. Let's not forget that. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is there is a context. There is an economic, there's a socioeconomic context to where crime and poverty are so closely tied and look at our numbers look how much black people are in poverty it's like there's important context and i feel like they only select the parts that they want to see so that they they can continue to not have to worry about racism or worry that that they are complicit to the racist systems that we have in place in which they benefit and we are always at the at the bottom like it's just it's this third eye that you have to open but they're they're just like they're keeping it shut. Like we're trying to pry it open. We're tired. Yeah. Because they don't want to, I think we don't want to um, sort of look in the mirror and realize that they were complicit in their system. You know, they were gaining from the system. They were doing, mm-hmm. you know, they were getting so much from the system. So they, they, I think they fear dismantling it because they don't know what the outcome would be to them. Right. Do you know what right. I mean? I think they're worried like, oh, you know, like if we dismantle it, I'm going to have less than, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to suffer. Like, they, it's, it's selfish, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Very. Thinking. 
instead of yeah. thinking about it on the other side oh if I have less than then my neighbor will have the same as me and do you know what I mean like thinking about it that way you know what the other person's getting and what they've exactly it's I mean thinking about yourself <gasps> Then not to get it into economics and that kind of stuff, but it is a very capitalistic way of thinking, which is like when I gain, someone has to lose. And that's just a part of the system. Like that's just life. You know, it's, it's that narrative that like bothers me too, because it's like, you, we can't just say that it is the way that it is. Like the world was pretty different centuries ago and we changed it and we need to change it. We need to continue changing it. You know, like it's, it's, it's not like we, it's out of our power. A lot of it is just what humans ended up doing, ended up making, ended up like having, it's, it's all from human action. You know, it's not like, it's not, it's not like the weather. No, it's, this is stuff that we put in place. We we can fix it. It's going to take a while. And it's going to take a lot of, again, the third eye being open, but so many people are just refusing to open it. And again, I understand when you realize that, that you have been complicit that you have been benefiting it's gonna make you cry i I get it i've cried over it too because i i'm i'm not dark-skinned like i i knew that how my darker sisters have felt i understand that i i benefit from this and that made me emotional too i felt bad i was like crap like i i know that i struggle as a black woman but i also know that you know being a bit lighter has helped me and then that and being mixed has helped me and you know that does make you emotional, and that's fine. But you have to, you you got to get a grip and, and get into it. Don't fear the guilt. Let the like. Yeah. I know that white guilt is like this thing where it's like, oh, it's it's bad, but it's also like, let yourself feel guilty. That means that you're again, your third eye is opening. That means that you see it. Like, sort of embrace that. Let yourself feel terrible. That's okay. Yeah. And then what do we do with that feeling? You know, what do we do with it? I think that's where white guilt also gets gets the hate is that you know they feel bad but then they don't do anything about it yeah it's all about what do we do with how we feel and you know like i feel like what people are fearing most right now is just getting to that that like just that realization of how much power they've had this their entire lives they're they're afraid to really realize it um and i mean that that's also their responsibility to realize it It is not our responsibility to keep telling (laughs) white people that they have it better (laughs) it's not our responsibility but unfortunately it has felt that way because they're not gonna they're not doing it on their own and i i mean i guess that's rational like if you were at the top would you want to dismantle that you know i mean yeah i absolutely agree and it's it's also like a learning thing like even like what inspired me to start this is important was because use my christmas cup (laughs) I was having a conversation with my cousin um, and we were just talking about our experiences with like the police and things like that and I was saying that I've never had any issues like I've you know I've got a picture on my Facebook and um, on my Insta where like I you know taken a picture of the the two police officers have got their hat on my head and they sang me happy birthday and like that's the kind of experience I've had and she was telling about her experience um Mm -hmm. which was so different you know and it was so shocking and I I she's just like a the the sweetest like little teddy bear like Mm -hmm. not like not the kind of person you you'd think would have any issues um so I was curious to know how other people have you know 
experienced racist image in the UK and it and you know and it's sort of built into these different sort of conversations um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it is wild even with people who who aren't racist or who have never um, you know had any issues or whatever like my even my husband he's um, white and we've had conversations about colorism because he wasn't aware of it you know he had never heard of colorism yeah so we sat down and we we're talking about colorism and this was even just this was like five years ago you know what i mean and it came up we were, i don't remember what we were watching but um yeah just even having these random conversations help you know it helps so much and uh, speaking of it, i my partner is a french guy he actually lives in france yeah. and he's white and we've had some heated debates in the beginning of our relationship in which I tried to kind of mention black issues and you could, you know, kind of tell that he wasn't like fighting. He's, he wasn't fighting against me. It was more so him just asking a lot of questions or asking for a lot of proof points, which again, that's a rational thing to do, especially as, as a white guy who has, who has no idea, but also as a foreign white guy who, um, you know, like that's not a part of his life. Yeah. Like, so I understood that, but it got hard and it got very tiring, but you know, we're, we're two years strong, so we're, we're fine. But I've noticed that after these conversations today, he is now like, when we have these conversations, he gives so much great input and like adds on to it and be like, yeah, you know what? I never realized that I noticed this today. And, and he's starting to notice microaggressions. He's starting to notice like, when, when this whole, I, I had a whole conversation with him about white fragility and what it means. And he took, he took offense to it. And I was like, that's white fragility. Um, and you know, he didn't understand. And then he's like, there was one time we called and he was like, Brittany, I'm starting to understand what white fragility is. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there we go. That's all I want. It's like to, to acknowledge. And again, like his third eye is starting to open. And it, my thing is I'm not judging people for not having that third eye open yet. Because if they've had no one push for it, of course it's going to stay closed. It takes a lot of it's a lot of calories to keep this open. Like <laughs> so, I I understood, and now that I'm seeing it, it's it's made me feel great that like you can take someone who knew nothing about it, had no opinion. I, I you know he wasn't against it. He just, he just had no opinion on it, yeah. and sort of get them to see it and see it on their own. Like I don't have to say anything anymore. He'll look at me and be like, like when he notices things. Um, and it's great. Like the conversations are so good. And I do feel like, again, while it's not our job to educate white people on the plight, it is, however, very uh, satisfying to see them and personally see them, especially if there's someone you care about. Yeah. See them finally see you. Um, and it's a journey, but it is beautiful. And it does give you hope that other people can be not convinced but other people can be receptive to what we have to say and also be okay with us because sometimes we can we I mean we are hurt like we are and we can come across as pretty angry just justifiably so and very upset and I think that throws them off too they're like oh like she's so upset like I I don't want to like yeah you know I I get it but I, I, we do have the right to come across that way as well. And it's just, it takes a lot of work on their side to not think about, oh, this black person is yelling at me, <laughs> but think more about like, why are they yelling at me? You know, yes. 
the why is so key. I think a lot of people aren't there yet, but I'm noticing a good amount are, and I'm hoping that it just keeps expanding and that white people do the work to get their friends and family to hop on board, (laughs) please. We're kind of tired. I also really, (laughs) really hope that um, a lot of these, um, like, celebrities and uh, large Mm -hmm. brands that came out last year um, saying that they wanted to do better and all of that, you know, the generic statements that, like, all of these brands put out, like, I really (laughs) hope that they follow through, you know? Like, they, I don't have to see it, like, I don't have to see it, like, on all it splashed all over your social media. In fact, I'm yeah, not yeah. to because then I feel it's staged. I want to just make, you know, just make sure you do the work internally to do better. Mm-hmm. You know, to hire more women of color, hire, like, um, more uh, models who are of different races and not just mm-hmm. as tokens, you know? Um and just, yeah, just, just actually do the work and not do it just because you want to look good, you know, because it's a thing to do. Because I find sometimes, like, Black Lives Matter and all of these different movements, the LGBTQ movements, and all of these movements are like fads, you know, they come in and out. Oh, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, with Black History Month and things like that, and all these different brands are posting about Black History Month, and then it's and then as soon as the month's over, drops nothing. Just drops. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's it's like brandishing the pride pin, and then after June, like that's it. <laughs> it's so performative, and yes. I just, I mean, uh, the the luxury of jumping on social trend, social movement trends, and then being able to hop off, I think, is such a privilege because. It's like, okay, so you can disassociate whenever you want, you know, but we have, we don't have a choice. Like, mm-hmm. even if we wanted to fully disassociate, like, we really can't. We're just yeah. a part of it. And I don't, people who have that luxury, I just, I tell them, like, yeah, it must be nice, you know? <laughs> it must be yeah. nice. Exactly. It just takes a lot of effort. Yeah, definitely. And like and like again like this all of this I th- I think sort of stems, um you know is is attached to the whole like um, entitlement of wanting to sleep with particular races because you've never slept with them before, and I think once we fix these systems, you know it'll trickle down to all to those casual racist comments that we get you know yeah yeah and that sense of entitlement and and then once we fix that it's it's even with like you know, what happened here in the UK with Sarah Everett, um, with, like, this man who felt entitled, you know, he felt it was okay for him to do this, you know, I don't know why, maybe because he was a police officer and he felt he had that power to do Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, All of those sort of things sort of stem, again, from white supremacy and and thinking that you can do this because you're firstly a man and secondly, a white man, you know, like, yeah. so it's like, I have this power, I own everything, this is mine, do you know what I mean? And 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 it's mm-hmm. even within the history that we're taught, you know, and I just really hope that we eventually fix these systems. And Definitely. Just, I mean, I, I liked your point about, you know, how important the systems are in dismantling, because sometimes I feel like people focus or will will draw will will center the microaggressions and like the casual interactions, which again those are important. Those are important mm-hmm. to 
stop when they happen. But again, like they, they are actions that happen in real life in real time that we can kind of work around directly to being like, Hey, you can't say that, yeah. you know, like those are things that we can chop down in moments, but to prevent them is, is the prevention and to prevent that is the systems in place. And that, that that's the same sort of backing for this whole situation with, with the police and, and this crime is that people were like, Oh, we, when a crime happens, that's when police should come in. But there is a part of crime that is prevention yeah. You know, like giving police a bunch of money. The police cops don't yeah. stop a crime. If someone is set out to, you know, excuse my language, but if someone is set out to murder someone and they have like, meticulously put together a plan, the the concept of police existing or having more money right now yeah. <laughs> will not prevent them from doing that thing anymore. <laughs> They're pretty set. So Again, it's just how do we prevent it? The real the real way we can help everyone is preventing it from happening in the first place. So we can, you know, try to clean up what we what we can, but we're we're tired of just cleaning up after every mess. We want to yeah. prevent it from happening. And I think that that part gets lost very often because it's it, it is pretty hard for people to see the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, they 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 hyper focus on specific parts without being like, oh, this is connected to this. This stems from this. Oh, boom, white supremacy, and then they yeah. hear white supremacy, and again, they feel attacked. And and yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a very bold term, white supremacy. Like I get it, yeah. but it's also it's bold because it is bold. Like white supremacy is, it has its arms everywhere. Like if you really look at it, so I. Yeah. That's why I always liken um, racism to cancer, you know, like, and I think that people forget that, yes, okay, we, there are symptoms, you mm-hmm. know, like the microaggressions and things like that, but you can't treat an illness, you know, without finding the source of these yep. symptoms, do you know what I mean? And yep. I think you kind of have to, like, we literally have to do the chemotherapy and all of that cut it out like mm-hmm. cut mm-hmm. out particular systems entirely and and that's the hardest part I, I know it's the hardest part yeah. but we have to get there it'll it'll hurt us the most it's so painful but it's yeah. necessary people are just really afraid to to get to that point and i think like you said you mentioned earlier is they're afraid of change and usually i mean i would say that a lot of people are pretty pessimistic, so they'll assume that that change is bad and that change is bad specifically for them yeah. without taking into account how leveling the playing field and and allowing, not even allowing, just encouraging and, and fostering a space where Black people, where Asian, like all people of color, no longer feel like, one, that we have to kiss up to white people and that, too, that we're not lower than white people, that we have to always sort of, again, with the proximity thing and just being how close can we get to white people to actually be better in life? I, I hate that link, that association, but it exists. I mean, we have to get rid of it. And I know they're they're scared of that result, but the result overall is very, very positive, in my opinion, like we should not be living our entire lives trying to navigate just what the color we were just born with. Like that's yeah. so odd to me. It's so odd, even though we've lived it our entire lives, everything's structured around it. It's just awful. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's even 
the simplest things like just going for job interviews gosh yeah yeah a cv and 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 all of that like it really does make make a difference you know my my dad my dad named me um i'm pointing out like my zoom name (laughs) i love your your name by the way i love it so it's so awesome my my first name is yeah my first name is Brittany and, and part of it my dad had told me is that you know it's a very like generic white name so he said when you're applying to jobs people will not assume that you're a black woman about to roll up in their office so like, Brittany Dubois like that's it sounds very white I honestly sounds European yeah, it <laughs> so sounds, it sounds French. I'm all set yeah. <laughs> But that's yeah. sad that that had to even be considered, you know? Like, yeah. thank you, Dad. But that, that's, that's sad that that had to be considered. <laughs> but that's so true. Like, I find, like, my surname is Greek because my husband's half Greek, half Irish. And I I have seen a difference in the way mm-hmm. that people um, talk to me and the, you know, people I've worked with and things like that. And it's sad. Like, it shouldn't be... Because my, my maiden name is in Subiga. It's East African. And just seeing a difference in that. But then on the flip side of that, I've had people who are like questioning me. Like, Gosh. are you a topless? Are you? Are you? And I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, my it's me. <laughs> I get that you too. <laughs> Dubois? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Especially in like a doctor's office. <laughs> it's just that awkward stare because they, they like, you can tell they want to ask. You can tell that they're like, is this the yeah. And you're just standing there like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, can we get through with this exam, please? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's sad. That it goes down straight to names, too. You know, really the fact that it just goes down to names. Especially here in the UK. I don't know how bad it, how bad it is there, but in the UK especially, because there is such um, xenophobia and things like that. So if you have a slightly different name... Um, you know, the likelihood of you getting a callback for a job or anything like that really mm-hmm. goes down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and just down to, I mean, I think in America, the name thing is probably still very much prevalent with how jobs work. Because I know there's been like a lot of studies about just showing like similar resumes or showing similar cover letters and then just changing it to like a black sounding, black sounding name. Yeah. Um, and how the the sort of feedback that's received is very different, even though, you know, the cover letter is very similarly written. Like the black sounding name will get like, oh, like they, they seem to not have as high of an education as 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 the job would require. Like their grammar's a bit yeah. off. Like it's it's very negative and then the white one's more like constructive and, and more meaning positive. So I actually just read that study pretty recently and Again, it went down to a name and yeah. associating that name with what? A color, a race. Like it's just all going back to that. And then where the negativity come the negativity comes from is how far away from white are they? Because yeah. I don't even want to say that it's necessarily just black, although again, black, I think the closer you are to black, unfortunately, um, the more likely they will have a negative response to what you're providing them. Mm-hmm. But it's really, again, we need we need to kind of center the sort of white supremacy situation is how far how how far away are we from being white that's where the negative consequences come in yeah yeah down to a name oh my gosh i'm just like rolling my eyes because like, there's so many things 
crazy. I, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> Especially it's like we're, we're venting at this point. I know. It's been such a good interview. Like, I've been really enjoying it. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I mean, my thing is I can't really, or I haven't really been talking to my wife friends about this stuff. Because, again, it's, there's, like, a sort of connection you feel with other Black people. Like, recently I've, I've just been talking with Black people and Asian people and my fellow, like, mixed people because we're the ones who are like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, like we're validating each other's feelings, you know, yeah. and that's not the same energy that we'll probably get from that's white true. friends, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I found in the last year or so, I've really started connecting more with people, with, with, with more black people, especially black women, on a lot of the issues that we, you know, go through. Yep. And I think it's it's been such a wonderful experience, you know? Definitely. And I mean, part of it is just, when we sort of dismantle the stereotypes that we face as a group, yeah. it's actually very heartwarming to see that we come in so many beautiful forms and personalities and, and, and likes and interests. Like I, like for me, I felt this pressure to be like super into, um, I don't know, I guess black movies. I don't even know really how to describe <laughs> that or like, you know, movies yeah. that like all my black friends watch, but like, I didn't, I mean, I would watch them, but I wouldn't, like, talk about it much because I, I was kind of into, like, just... I, I'm into film, so I'd watch, like, all kinds. And if I okay. if I mention, like, an old film, they're, like... <laughs> you know, like, it's just a bunch of eyes. Oh, my God. You and I have had <laughs> such a similar, like, experience. It's wild. <laughs> like, yeah, same here. Or it would be, like, with um, certain um, music, like, um, like hip-hop and things like that. Yeah, like, just being expected to know every rapper. <laughs> wasn't that into it like the, I, I liked old school stuff but like if someone was like talking to me about a new rapper I'm like, who? I'm like huh what yeah <laughs> and then suddenly that makes us less black like no it doesn't make yeah, us less black just, yeah but again yeah. when you know more black people you realize that there's more there's a lot of us who aren't Felt into like that. Yeah. yeah exactly like and that doesn't make us any less black like as long when we're talking to each other about it we realize that Yes, we come in, we're not weird. We've become in many different forms. We, I, in the last probably year, I've discovered a lot of Black people actually like anime. I was, I always loved it. Exactly. I've always loved it. Never <laughs> talked about it in middle school or high school because I felt like that was, you know, that was like, I don't know. I, I just knew I couldn't talk about it. And then I yeah. found so many other Black people into it. I'm like, see, we're out here. We're not oh weird. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not weird like we come yeah. in so many forms like it's, it's all good yeah. we're out there and it feels so good to talk to people like that with just different walks of life different interests like we yeah. really are not a monolith i know it all goes down to just us being black and like it, it i already find it strange that it is what it is but i already find it strange that you know you have asian and asian americans you have i mean wh white people the same way but at least europeans are still recognized as europeans like you know but black yeah. is just black and, yeah. you know, whether we come from the Caribbean, like me, um, mm -hmm. or Africa, or, you know, have been in America for a very long time, but still stem from Africa anyway. You know, there's, we have all these different narratives. And yeah. just for some reason, the, the color black is just all associated with the same interests and, yeah. the, and the same likes and the same, I don't know, like culture when it's, it's not true. That's why I love, though, like, with access to the internet and meeting all these amazing people and yeah. joining like Facebook groups and everything is like, like I'm a part of like Black Girl Gamers, for example. Like, 
we are we exist in all spaces but it's just it's not seen but we are here (laughs) and I love that the internet is allowing us to find each other because I noticed that when I joined I was like finally like other black girl gamers I can feel normal feeling normal such a such a luxury you know and it feels so good when it happens to just feel normal yeah I mean it's sad it's true it's like there aren't a lot of spaces for us to feel normal because even within the things that we enjoy doing like gaming or anime going to gigs and things like that you're still an anomaly and it's like oh you're into that like oh like, what's she doing what here is she like, doing? That, yeah. oh, is she lost yes exactly and it's and i think it's just again sort of broadening broadening those spaces and eventually Definitely. people realizing that yeah anyone could be into anything exactly yes yeah well Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure i I really enjoyed talking to you i enjoyed talking to you too it was like light therapy even though this is for a podcast like it is very relaxing to talk to someone else who one you know understands the complexities and the different and just how diverse being black is, it's very diverse. We're a very diverse group of people. Yeah. Um, and being able to sort of connect on how we have felt different in, in society, but also just within our own groups. Like the division is very deep. Um, so no, this has been very nice. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you yeah, though. I really like your really podcast. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Also happy Monday. Um, you too. Eh, but another week. You can find Brittany on Instagram at BrittMayLove. Thanks again, Brittany, for joining me today. These conversations are literally like therapy for me. And yes, we will be having an anime watch party. And also shout out to Nzinga, showing up for your friend. Yes, we covered so much in this episode. But the one thing that really stood out to me was when Britney's friend told her that she was so white because she was so nice. When did whiteness and niceness become synonymous? This really made me think and it's definitely something I would like to discuss and explore on my show. So please DM me if you would like to have that conversation with me. I'd also like to reiterate again that black people are not one monolith being we are all different so please stop putting us in the box for the stereotypes thanks for checking out this is important podcast you can find me on instagram and twitter at this underscore is underscore i-n-p-t 